Hey, hey. Hello. Good Hiya. people out there in internet land. Internet land, viewer land, whatever land you claim, wherever the buffalo roam. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry. What's up, everybody? You're a fucking goober. So, um, that's true. Absolutely yeah. true. <laughs> Hiya. So it's Friday night. It's nine o'clock. And guess what? You're now joining and part of the Battle Bros podcast. This is Mac. This is Alamo over here. As on your as you're looking on the left, my my left. Uh, never mind, that's confusing. So yeah, <laughs> how the hell are you, peeps? Welcome back to the show. Welcome, Welcome back. back. I gotta stop doing that. That's you, so yeah, yeah. It's kind of run its course. <clears throat> on. I gotta get my there we go. My chair set straight. Mm. So yeah, how's everybody doing out there? We're glad to see you back. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, awesome. Thanks for stopping by and checking us out. Hopefully you don't think we're full of shit and you think we're somewhat funny and talk about some serious stuff while maintaining said funny. And you'll come back and see us again. If you're coming back, hey, <laughs> we pulled the damn wool over your eyes. Suckers! <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but if you're coming back, we appreciate that. Um, we're still um, at the phase where we're still trying to grow and get some outreach to people um and just continue to grow this project that has become so ingrained in our lives so thank you for taking the time to stop by and check it out hopefully you're gonna enjoy it sit back relax because this is gonna be a fun one today um if you yeah. caught us last week we talked about was it sacrifice yeah we talked about, about sacrifice we had a, a good little conversation that. about sacrifice and, and what that means and what that looks like and how that's changed and all that stuff so if you haven't checked it out i believe it dropped on spotify earlier today so it's episode 034 yeah this is episode <laughs> 035 and it just happens to be vip panel vip number five which is a veteran interview panel uh we have a gentleman we're going to bring on here in just a minute who um i met for the first time last night and i'm already like oh yeah we're friends yeah. <laughs> um, but Alamo, since you know this gentleman a little bit better, why don't you explain how you guys met and um, all that good shit, and then we'll hit the ground. Oh, one other thing before we get going. I'm sorry. I completely jacked that up. So um, it's kind of a, a little bit of a bittersweet episode as well, just for the sake of earlier this week. Um, I don't know if anybody follows our Facebook page, not to sound pretentious, like, oh, you don't follow it? Oh, that's, that's not us at all. But um, we posted um, – I believe it was Tuesday. We posted a picture of our buddy, John. Um, yeah. Tuesday was the one year anniversary of John passing. And uh, we'll elaborate more on that um, on the back end of the show, but yeah. just know that John, we love you. We miss you, man. And um, I, I, th I would really hope that you would like what we're doing. And uh, you have a lovely sister. I, I talked to your sister for a little bit um, during the course of the week and, you know, she was super thrilled. I, she didn't know that we were doing this. I was like, so just so you know, like, this John kind of was the reason why we have this going. She's like, that's awesome. You know, so we're, uh, we're super proud to carry this on and in remembrance of our friend. And, yeah. um, it's, you know, hopefully he'd be looking at it going, yeah, nice, nice, nice. So, um, <laughs> but this is, you know, one year. Can't believe you've been gone that long, dude. But, um, yeah, we, uh, we love you. We miss you. And we would love to sit there and, dude let's go get a beer that yeah. sounds like a go get a beer that would be great so yeah. anyway um his picture we made a facebook post earlier in the week and whatnot but um that post by the way got well over 200 plus like freaking views so. it's amazing just little stuff like that it wasn't anything fancy that we planned it was just kind of spur of the moment and i was just like yeah boom so 
All right, so that was my little <laughs> my little piece here. So Alamo, like I was saying, please uh, kind of give us a background story of, of how you uh, met our ah, guest tonight. Yes. So, so um, me and me and our current guest make tonight, it so we uh, we actually met through work. Um, essentially, you know, um, he ended up working with my wife, who we mentioned quite often on the show. Um, Shout out to Tish Battle Bay. What? What? He ended up actually being. Um, like kind of like a almost like an assistant to like the assistant manager type deal type thing when uh, he was working with her at the commercial center for Leslie's. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm name dropping businesses. I don't give a shit. Um, and Friday <laughs> um, night. Okay. Okay. So, um, but yeah, um, like you know, somewhere along the lines, we ended up just you know, all hanging out, you know, having like group, you know, group get togethers and shit at the house or whatever. And just, we kind of just hit it off since then, man. And, you know, he's uh, now become uh, kind of like a lifelong friend now. And, uh, you know, it just, um, I don't know. It was, it, it was interesting because, you know, you had kind of like, I, like it's there's there's a contrast between the two of us because I'm so kooky and out there and he's so kind of, dry and just kind of you know but he's funny as dog shit when you talk to him <laughs> that's and, a great way he's funny I, but <laughs> yeah but i mean it's really you know it's i i want kinda... that on my headstone here lies mac <laughs> he was funny as dog shit yeah that's, that's what i can't think of any nicer word don't mind the fact he was in afghanistan oef veteran nah yeah. Dude was funny as dog shit. Yeah, I mean, nice. I mean, you can <laughs> you can blame either one of the traits that him and I possess on the fact that all of like pretty. I mean, I mean, hell, all all three of us here deployed. So yeah, but um, you know, like I said, we kind of we just since then we've just hit it off, man, and we just you know kind of been friends ever since. Uh, so I'm gonna bring him on. Yeah, man. Um, Drum roll. His name. Is uh, a Sir Abin Carter? Ooh, we rolled a tongue. I Good. did. I had to add some Spanish just, flair to it. So it I'm gonna age my. Too. I'm gonna. I'm gonna age myself. Like, <laughs> welcome to the show, Mister Carter. So, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Carter, Mister Carter. Oh man, absolutely. So when you say do- funny as dog shit, like dog shit <laughs> in a paper bag on someone's porch when you ring the doorbell, or just like, <laughs> oh fuck, I stepped in. Dog shit. No, definitely oh. on the porch. Okay. On fire. Yeah. Like right. I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it in a further context. The bit where Chris Farley was being Matt Foley and he walked out the door and stepped in flaming dog shit. And he's like, "Oh, I stepped in dog crap." Okay. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, I, mean, I like that. That's pretty funny. Because if you're not gonna listen to what I'm telling you, you're gonna be living in a van down by the river. Oh my god, dude! That's back when SNL was pure fucking gold, dude. Like it's good nowadays, but it's just so different. So yeah, but how many people on SNL right now are going to have their hearts explode due to excessive cocaine use? Yeah. Ah, yeah. They're probably they're probably doing crazy shit. Like, oh, I'm getting nudes. I'm so so I don't know why, but that just made me think of that movie. Have you ever seen the movie Goon with Sean William Scott? No, yeah, he's a hockey player, hockey goon. He he goes with his first semi professional team, and the guy's in the and he's got a thick Canadian accent. He's like, New guy, do rules for the locker room, don't touch my fucking Percocets, and do you have any extra 
Percocets. <laughs> dude, I'm telling Alamo, if you haven't seen that movie, dude, you will laugh your nuts off, dude. It is so good. I gotta, anyway, I, I gotta watch it. I've been, oh, it's on God. Netflix. I'm it's Stifler, sure. dude. It's the guy that played Stifler. <laughs> yeah. Come on, it's fan fucking tastic. So anyway, let's let's not derail this show quite this early. We're not even ten minutes in, and we're already like teetering on the precipice of that rail car just going mm-hmm. off the bridge. Done. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Ben, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for uh, making the time to to come on our program. We appreciate that. Thanks for so, having me, guys. Of course, man. So let's kind of get into it. So um, we already know your name, so check that box. So where did you uh, where did you grow up? Where are you from originally? I am from Lake County in Central Florida. Uh, uh, I'll claim this is where I grew up because I went to high school here, and this is where <laughs> I joined the military from. Okay, uh, but I lived in St. Pete for almost 10 years as a kid. Uh, I lived in New York for a couple of years and then I ultimately moved here for high school. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good stuff. So how would you describe yourself when you were as a kid or when you were younger? Oh, I was a little piece of shit. (laughs) Um, Accountability folks. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Good, bad, uh, others. Like tell it, tell us how you feel. I was, uh, I was too smart for my own good as a kid. Yeah. There you go. So uh, when you're smarter than all the adults that you deal with on a daily basis, you get away with a lot of shit. <laughs> and because you get away with a lot of shit, you start doing even more shit. Um, and so that's what I I was like as a child. I, I did a lot of dumb shit and I got away with it. So I was like, let's see how far I can fucking push this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, uh, I was a smart kid that didn't apply myself fully. Uh, I focused more on sports than I did academics. I did what I had to academically and uh, I talk shit to everybody I met. So (laughs) already establishing a a great track record. This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) so let's talk about, you know that that kind of wraps that up in a nut, in a nutshell. So, when did you first consider joining the military, and what made you or encouraged you to join? So uh, what, did that, what did that look like? I had, I feel like throughout my mom's pregnancy, and my dad had to have like watched fucking Apocalypse Now or something because uh, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure I came out of the womb just wanting to ride surfboards in the rivers of Vietnam uh, with napalm landing behind me. But uh, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Like legitimately as early as I can remember, um, I always wanted to be in the military. Um, And my family is very patriotic. And now it, to the point where they're borderline like extremist but uh okay that sounds interesting <laughs> listen no judging man it's all good listen this 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 show is a safe place we can talk about all this kind of shit it's okay but it's yeah. all good man uh no my <laughs> my family is very patriotic so i i came from a uh family that preached service um, okay but i am 
the first person in my family to serve in the U.S. military since Vietnam. Gotcha. So, um, I can relate to that. I was the same way, except with my my grandfather. He was in World War II, so it's like, yeah, yeah. I get that. Well, and my great uncle, who is really uh, like my great step uncle, I guess he he was the one that served in Vietnam. Um, but yeah, I, I always had that sense of service. I always wanted to join. I was fascinated by, uh, world war two and the politics that went into it. Um, so I mean, like I studied world war two and the Korean war, um, a lot as a kid and read every book I could find, on both wars um and i wanted to be a pilot <laughs> okay. i wanted i wanted to fly tomcats for the u.s <clears throat> navy um i wonder what movie influenced that actually i, I didn't see <laughs> top gun for the first time until i was like 16 and then yeah. it just sold it you're just like yeah yeah i was like that's that what i'm is, supposed to do I saw I, that and it made me question all of my my <laughs> earlier desires because I was like, that was the most homoerotic movie I've ever watched. <laughs> Sweaty, chiseled, oiled chests out there playing beach volleyball. Can't keep, feel the need. Yeah, can't the keep need. their hands off each other. Oh, speed. And I was just like, guys, <laughs> calm down. Like, <laughs> so good well so that kind of answers that question so you wanted did you have a, a preference about where you wanted you said you wanted to be a pilot so that kind of is a pretty distinct there's only a couple options here did you have a specific branch that you wanted to serve in or was it just like whoever's gonna let me fly first fuck it uh the u.s navy was always uh kind of when i was a kid the u.s navy was always the branch that i planned on joining um, okay. because i was dead set on being a carrier pilot. Like that is what I wanted to do. Um, a tail hooker. Yeah. yeah. So my favorite aircraft of all time is the F4U Corsair. Oh um, yeah. Nice. From World the middle of world war two. Those um, are cool, man. Yeah. And so I studied the history of aircraft carriers. I studied the most modern aircraft carriers at the time. Like I, I was just fascinated by them. Um, I was also, I was telling somebody too, was like, I just love that, you know, being a history buff. Like, I love that time frame just because we're, you know, the forties happened. We're into world war two. We're coming out of the depression and just everybody was so much classier, like and nothing against anybody nowadays, but like guys wore suits all the time. Ladies wore dresses. Yeah. Every, everybody was in like really good shape. I mean, like everything that didn't suck about the movie Pearl Harbor. Like yeah. that, like, I mean, it, it was, that movie was, was good. And in, in certain rights, <clears throat> other times I'm just like, I, I paid to eh. see this in a movie theater. <laughs> These people can see my fit. Don't get me wrong. Like the people in it were good. Like, but I just like, Kate Beckinsale, like when she's dressed up in 40s shit, you're just like, oh. It was like, a different time, man. Me. It, was a, it was a much, much different. It was a much, much different time. Shout think, out to Kate Beckinsale. I love you. You're you never going to meet me and you don't know who I am, but I just want to say I love you. Just, we have the platform now. It's like, fuck it. 
I would love Why to meet not? you and just, just kiss you on the hand and just <laughs> shoot your shot, you buddy. Shoot, shoot my shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. That, that went off the rails quick, but yeah. So, uh, yeah. So when did you, um, when did you end up leaving to go to join the Navy and what, so from what I understand, you wanted to be a pilot that either was that pretty much that option shut down or was yeah. it no uh tom cruise really turned me off from being a pilot man uh, i so... never would have thought we would have heard the words on our podcast yeah tom cruise really turned me off it's just like yeah. <laughs> congratulations episode 35 another first on this show so, so uh as I had started doing more and more research, I started seeing all the requirements to actually get into a pilot program uh, for really any branch of the service. And with what I had available to me financially, uh, me joining the military straight off the get and going into a pilot program wasn't a viable option. Um, you, uh, you basically have to be in an academy or in ROTC in college, or at least at that time, uh, to get into any straight OIC uh, program. <clears throat> so I said, you know what? That's fine. I'm going to go find some super cool ass job and do that for a couple of years. And then I'll go by, be a pilot. Um, and so initially I had an air force contract to go in as a PJ. Um, okay. Cause, uh, that's a pretty badass job. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're really good at unaliving people and then realiving people. And I was like, I, I think that sounds like the coolest fucking thing. Cause they do it <laughs> as they jump out of helicopters by themselves. So mm -hmm. like if, everyone looks at it and they're like, Oh, Navy seals and Delta force are like super badass, And they're, they are in their own right. Like if you need something dead, call those guys. They will absolutely kill it. If you but need if something you, unalived. Listen, if you need something unalived in the most efficient way possible, while also carrying a six pack of beer and your TV back to the helicopter, call a PJ. <laughs> Um, if anybody out there, quick side note, if anybody out there knows a PJ, please have them contact our show at battlebrospc at gmail.com. We would love to yes. talk to you about being a PJ. And uh, yes. that just that sounds awesome. Like, I want to hear about the, the six packs and the TVs coming back on the bird to rescue said good guy and unalive them. So anyway. I, I actually have a story about the six pack and the TV for later. Of course. So okay. we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get, we'll get back to that. So, um, so you ended up leaving... So you pretty much found another job that you wanted to do. Um, did you get that job or? So I, I had the contract and uh, I show up at the recruiter's office. On For the, the Air Force. Of, yep. Okay. Done MEPS, did my physical, did everything. I show up at the recruiter's office the day we're supposed to leave for boot camp. There's like four okay. of us all leaving on the same day. Um, and we get to the, the office and it's supposed to be open at like eight o'clock. We're supposed to get all our papers and stuff. And uh, we get there and there's a sign on the door. It says tech sergeant dipshit is on leave until fucking forever. Right. 
And I'm just like, I don't know what any of that is, um, but I don't think he's here. And this other dumb shit that's standing next to me is like, oh, well, how do you know he's not here? I was like, because the fucking door's locked. (laughs) (laughs) The lights are off. There's no one inside. That's how I know he's not here. So we're sitting there. We're waiting in the van uh, that takes everyone up to Jacksonville shows up and like all these fucking kids from like the army and the navy and the fucking crayon eating kid uh <laughs> they all load up in the van and so we we all go to get in the van and the driver's <laughs> like hey uh where are your folders oh, and i'm shit. like what are you talking about i wasn't told to bring a folder like is don't you guys give us everything we need like that's a thing and he's like well, yeah, your your folder with all your paperwork in it. And I was like, I I don't know what you're talking about. I no one's ever given me a folder. They gave me a book that had rank structure in it uh, that I needed to learn before boot camp, so that I don't get absolutely annihilated. And he was like, Well, without the paper, I can't take you to Maps. Like, you have to give it to the people at Maps. And I was like well, we don't have that, so how do we solve this problem? And he was like, oh, don't ask me. I, that's not my job. I drive the van. <laughs> so, so you've already qualified that previous statement. I was smarter than most of the adults around me. Right. So I present Exhibit A, Your Honor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, like, I was 17 at the time, so I forged my dad's signature on my enlistment paperwork. Of course. Um, but so like 17 year old me who showed up in his Honda civic with his buddy that was now the owner of the Honda civic, because I was just like, I don't need this. I'm going to be gone forever. Um, Like I'm sitting here in front of the recruiter's office with my thumb up my ass because this dude decided to just say, fuck all of you. And I'm like, fuck me. So van pulls away. The four of us are standing there like assholes and the Navy recruiters in his dress whites. He's outside just smoking a cigarette. Typical fucking Navy thing. Just like, what are y'all doing? And I'm <laughs> like, well, obviously not joining the fucking military. <laughs> and he was like, well, tell me what's going on. I was like, I recanted this whole like five minute fucking interaction. He was like, oh, well, what were you doing in the Air Force? I was like, I have a PJ contract. I'm supposed to go learn how to save people by jumping out of a helicopter. I'm not sure how those things work. And he's like, oh, dude, the Navy, we have PJs and they're way better. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, I've done a lot of research on the Navy. I didn't know the Navy had PJs. He was like, yeah, we call them SWIC, though. I was like, "Okay, cool. That sounds pretty sweet. I always wanted to join the Navy. He was like, oh, come talk to me, brother. And I was like, okay. AM2 Finley, super cool guy. Um, So he takes me into the office, and he had this uh, CTR1, which is a crypto technology repairman or some shit like that. That was like the uh, commander of the recruiting post. So he goes in the office. He talks to this dude for a minute. Dude starts just fucking dying laughing. And I'm like, this is questionable. (laughs) (laughs) And he comes back out with the CTR and he's like, so we, we looked at your ASVAB score and he's like, 
how do you feel about nuclear technology? And I was like, uh, it, uh, it destroys things and gives us power. So, I mean, that's pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> and they're like, how would you like to run a nuclear reactor? And I was like, bro, have you heard of Chernobyl? Like, those <laughs> dudes are all fucking melted. <laughs> they was like, oh, no, it's totally different, super safe. And I was like, they told them that, too. <laughs> and uh, oh, so we're, shit. Oh, so we're sitting amazing. there and he's like, no. Uh, so we have nuclear technicians that obviously man the reactors on our ships. And I was like, OK, he was like, it's an $80,000 bonus. And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a lot of like that's a house. I think I don't know what money is, um, but I was like that. That's a lot of money, so and he was like, "Well, give it a few minutes, uh, and I'll come back and talk to you." Okay, here here's some pamphlets about nuke nuclear uh, uh, NECs, and I was like, "Cool." So he goes back into his office. Finley comes back, and he's like, "Dude, put those away." you're fucking you'll hate your life you sit in the bottom of the ship in a dark room with a bunch of fucking lights and if one of them turns red you're fucked <laughs> and I, was I feel like, like i feel like this this am2 finley guy is just like the wise old sage He's like listen he was dude, dude had a gray beard and everything um Mer by merlin's beard yeah yeah and uh <laughs> so he's like put those down like legit you don't want to do that and i was like cool thank you he's like swick is not exactly what pjs are uh they're it's a special warfare craft crewman so you're like a seal except for cooler because you get a badass boat that has a bunch of guns on it and i was like that does actually sound pretty fucking awesome <laughs> so he's like listen you can't leave for boot camp today if this is what you want to do you got to do like a swim test and a bunch of other stuff um, to qualify for it. But with your ASVAB score, 100%, we can get you that rate. So not it, to ask a sarcastic question, how did they get your ASVAB score if you didn't have the folder? So there's this fancy thing called a computer. <laughs> um, I walked right into that. My bad. <laughs> let's, just, let's just keep going. Let's forget the fact that I'm an okay. idiot and just keep going. My bad. So, uh... <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I had to call. Had to punch it up on the teletype with the abacus. And yeah. So I had to call <laughs> the girl that I broke up with right before I left for boot camp. And I was like, "Hey, uh, I fucked up." <laughs> you know, I was sitting here, and I realized that I acted in haste, and. Um, I talked to the recruiter and I'm going to take a couple extra days back here at home and I want to try to talk things out. Because so, I had moved out, obviously. Um, so she came and picked me up. Uh, I went to the YMCA here in my hometown and did the swim test. Like when he said you're going to go do a swim test, I thought we're going to go to this big olympic size pool there's going to be some like official person there doing this thing 
And now it was legitimately him with a stopwatch and being like, you're supposed to do this, uh, like do the butterfly stroke. And I was like, what the fuck's a butterfly stroke? Like, how do I do? Is it like this? Like, what is that? And he's like, I don't know. Just fucking swim, man. And I was like, cool. So I, I do the swim test and the run test and all the other stuff. And I, so I qualify, whatever. So then I, week later i go back to boot camp break up with the girl again um <laughs> and i leave for great lakes illinois which is where uh u.s navy boot camp is now so i get there and like they don't tell you certain things um so like when you're in boot camp you get assigned to a division right like you're in a division for all of boot camp and so like our barracks buildings they call them ships and they name them after ships like i was in the uss arizona which if anyone doesn't know was sunk on december 7th um 1941 in, yep in pearl harbor so i was in the uss arizona and i was part of a 900 division which a 900 division is all special programs um so you when you hear that, you're like, oh, everybody in this division is going to be SEAL or SWIC, something like that. Uh, no, no. U.S. Navy Band, uh, they are in 900 divisions. So that's a an interesting thing that I was not aware of. So I, I get to my division and uh, like it's all these like super fat dudes. Super fat. Like how did you pass the height and weight standard to get to boot camp? Like, I know it's higher than like the, the regular height and weight, but like, even then, like you couldn't, you couldn't be like 400 pounds and like, I feel tall. like there's something of miss. Yeah. <laughs> so I get in there and my whole division is nothing but band folks. And what it was is because my contract was so late being signed for my any or my mos essentially um that they had already set the rosters <laughs> for boot camp when i got assigned um so i get put in this division with all band guys well when you have a swicker seal program you go to dive mo every morning so everyone in your division wakes up at fucking 5 30 to go get chow you wake up at 3 30 to go get yuck so you swim for a couple hours. And Sounds then, awesome. Yeah, you get yelled at <laughs> as you run back to your ship with your pack on and your fins on your back. And you get yelled at while you're taking a shower because you have to shower before you go eat chow. And then you get yelled at all the way back down to the chow hall. And then you get to the chow hall and all the band kids are eating their chicken fucking nuggies and drinking their chalky milk. And... <laughs> God the chow lines closed so you don't get to eat breakfast. Um, so that's, that's a pretty cool thing to experience, but yeah, I was the only dumb shit in my entire division that was part of the dive mo program. Um, nice. so, so you were the only guy getting there. The chow line is now closed. Yeah. So I was the only guy, I was the only guy in my division that, uh, uh lost weight in boot camp. So, <laughs> God. Another interesting thing. So uh, that kind of sucked. 
so super how, long rant. Sorry. No, no, it's all good. This, <laughs> this is painting a very good picture. And I, I being a being a, a very you know avid storyteller myself, I, you got to go with the details, man. Like the details are what sell a story. Yeah, I mean, we could we get into that all day. So, so um. How long was basic AIT or how long was basic? How, you know, I understand he has some, some issues that came up as a result of the, um, your job classification with the SWIC. So boot camps, eight weeks uh, in the Navy. Right. Uh, we don't like to do a lot of training because, you know, ships are already pretty miserable. So, um, so, I did my eight weeks of boot camp, and then at the time that I joined, we were gearing up for the troop surge in Iraq. So when I joined, fucking thousands of people were graduating boot camp every week. And uh, so you had the transient personnel Sounds unit. About right. Yeah. You have the transient personnel unit that's across the street. Because all these A schools um, can't take that many people for their classes. Because boot camp is massive. Boot camp can push people through like a fucking meat grinder. But these MOS schools, most of their buildings were built in the early 30s. Um, can't fit that many people on the grounds, period. Bringing back any good memories there, Alamo? <laughs> so, yeah. What they did is SWIC and SEALs, instead of sending us to the transient personnel unit, where we would literally mop the same spot on the floor um, for eight hours a day before we go back to our room to eat our Taco Bell and get fat. They're like, well, we can't have that. Uh, we're going to create a whole new dive mo program on Great Lakes just for you guys. So we got to swim in... Is it Lake Michigan? Uh, right above Chicago. So Damn. Like I was, right up there off a of Navy Pier and all of that, like that area. So you're getting yeah. breezes so, all from Canada. So Great Lakes is west of Chicago itself. Uh, but you have the boot camp side and then you have the main side of Great Lakes. The boot camp side is south of main side. So it doesn't, it's not actually on the lake. The main side where the dive mode program was and all of the, uh, a schools are in that area are all on the main side and they're right on the lake. So you literally run out of the dive mo barracks into the fucking lake, swim fucking two miles. And then you come back and you run back to your barracks, put on your fucking dry dive mo shorts. We had these short little shorts. We called them dive mo shorts. I don't know why we wear them. It's a thing. Um, anyway, so then you have to run to the chow hall, right? And uh, so we actually get breakfast in regular dive mo. That that's pretty cool. That was an, an interesting change as well. Um, but you do that literally all day. So you go from the dive mo barracks to the lake, onto the beach, to the chow hall, back to the beach, do a beach run, back in the lake. You might get a little bit of like educational time and by that i mean your dive mo instructor yells at you for 20 minutes about how you're never going to make it through buds because you're a tiny whiny piece of shit um 
and then you go back in the lake. So it, it's just a super repetitive thing. And I, <laughs> I was there for seven weeks, I think, almost as long as I was in boot camp before I finally got sent to Coronado. Um, and I was in Seals and Swick both go through buds. Um, at some point, the classes break off into the individual NECs um, and their training starts to differ, but we do everything else with them. And uh, so my barracks in Coronado actually was in the shape of a sw uh, swastika, which was kind of funny. If you Google Coronado Island and you you look at the base, uh, one of the barracks is actually in the shape of a swastika. Damn. Funny enough. <laughs> anyway, I'm Jewish for anyone who is not aware of why that's significant. <laughs> So my dog tags said Jewish, and obviously they assigned me to the swastika barracks. But uh, <laughs> so <clears throat> I did that. I was there for six weeks, and week six, uh, we had to go through another physical. And as I was doing my physical, they found I was color deficient, and they dropped me from the program. So I got sent to a reclassifier who tried to redesignate me as an undesignated airman, which means instead of shipping, chipping paint on the side of the ship, I would be chipping the non-skid on the flight deck, uh, which didn't really like jive with what I was trying to do. So um, I was like, listen, I am failing to adapt. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. And I want to go home and like, do drugs or something i don't i don't know <coughs> and the classifier <clears throat> the first like year of my life in the military like everyone harped on my asvab score like that i didn't know anything like i was upset with my asvab score because i thought i missed a question on the asvab test um <clears throat> but the classifier was like, oh, well, you know, people that score as high as you on the ASVAB test, you know, we, we don't really want it. What do you want to do? And I was like, well, every job that I'm supposed to have had, they were like, you get to shoot stuff and blow things up. And I was like, I would really like to find a job where I can actually do those things. And they were like, well, you know what the Marine Corps is? And I was like, yeah, I do. I am aware of what they are if you're gonna tell me that i have to go join the marine corps now like i'm gonna be pretty upset i've already done it camp <laughs> and she was like no 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 uh so naval hospital corpsman uh you guys serve with the marine corps and you get to shoot stuff and blow shit up uh you, you but you also get to learn the medical field so it'll set you up you know for the future when you get out of the military and I was like, okay, uh, that actually sounds like a good idea. Like I've not once thought about my future because I'm 17 years old, but thank you, <laughs> you 30-year-old third class who has done nothing in your life for 
telling me to think about my future. I appreciate it. Can we get um, can we get some folks in here with mops? Like we're we're all just dripping with sarcasm here. Like, like no, 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 dude, I love it. Like I didn't. I, I'm sitting there looking at myself. I'm like, you know, I'm pretty sarcastic at times. And I'm listening to you. I'm like, I have a long way to go in that next level of mastery. Oh. Like seriously, <laughs> I've been I've been working on it for a long time. No, hey man, <clears throat> you're uh you're you're batting a thousand, brother. What's, what's, so, that's awesome. Yeah, then I go from Coronado back to Great Lakes because uh, at the time Naval Hospital Corps School was in Great Lakes, Illinois, on the main side of base, and uh, they put me in a barracks that we referred to as the Crack House. Um, the foundation marker is marked as 1938, so we hadn't even gone to war with the Nazis yet when my barracks was built. That was pretty cool, and. So I was in the holding unit for three weeks and my job while waiting to class up for Naval Hospital Corps School was to pull asbestos out of the ceiling. <laughs> uh, so that was nice. pretty cool. Uh, they gave us a mop and a step stool. Uh, each group of three people got a mop and a step stool to pull asbestos out of the ceiling uh not sure how much we actually accomplished we beat the shit out of each other a lot um <laughs> and that that was pretty much it um so then i went to naval hospital core school uh which is super long and depressing and then you go over to the va hospital in great lakes which is also super old and depressing and you do your clinicals there <clears throat> and then you get ready for graduation. And depending on where you finish in your class, uh, you get to select your duty station. So I was not aware of this, but most people do not join the Navy as Naval hospital corpsman to go with the Marine Corps. Like I thought that was like a selling point. I was like, this is fucking awesome. So, I was like number three in my class. So I got to pick third and like, you know, the comfort and the mercy, which are the two U S Navy hospital ships um, are up there because they have openings there. Pretty much every Naval hospital is up there. Uh, San Diego, Virginia, everything is up there, right? Like legitimately anywhere you want to go in the U S Navy as a Naval hospital corpsman, you got your pick, buddy. You want to go to Alaska for whatever reason? You like frostbite and polar bears? Cool. Uh, you could go. But uh, so, you know, the first two pick, one of them picked Point Loma uh, in California. And he was from Southern California. So we kind of expected him to pick something out there. And the other kid picked Rota, Spain. Nice. And, uh, <clears throat> I get up there and like prior to that day, I had looked at Marine Corps bases and I wanted to pick something on the East coast <clears throat> so that I could be closer to home. And Camp Lejeune in North Carolina <clears throat> is like dead center between where my mom lived in New York and where my dad lives here in Florida. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to pick Lejeune. That places super historic i was like this is gonna be awesome right and 
so <clears throat> I walk up to the board and I pick Camp Lejeune and I was like, fuck yeah, this is great. So they're like, Hey, uh, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, you know what Camp Lejeune is, right? And I was like, yeah, it's a Marine Corps base. And they're like, all right, we're just making sure, man. And like, the sigh of relief from the rest of my fucking class was like wall shaking loud. I was like, you took one for the team, man. Yeah. I was, I was like, what the fuck's going on? <clears throat> and then, so like a bunch of other people pick and then like my little friend group that I had made in this class gets up and they're all like motherfucker. And so a couple of them come up and pick Lejeune and one of them picked Rock Island, which is south of Lejeune. It's a range, essentially. And they're like, you fucking cocksucker. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? what's going on, man? They were like, why'd you pick a fucking Marine Corps assignment? And I was like, I'm, I felt like I was pretty clear, like through this entire thing that like I wanted to be a greenside corpsman. They're like, dude, nobody picks that. I was like, well, <laughs> you guys all picked it. And they were like, because you fucking picked it. So we looked like fucking pussies. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my bad. That's so, a whole, dude, Alamo, that's a whole topic in its own point is like, yeah, having to freaking nut up or shut up. That's what we should do. What's called episode nut up or nut shut up? up. Shut okay, up. It was just, just <laughs> seriously. So <clears throat> from there, oh my I, God. I went to Camp Johnson, which is attached to Camp Lejeune, and you go to FMTB, which is Field Medical Training Battalion. It's supposed to teach you how to deal with Marines because they're a special kind of stupid. Um, and you learn emergency medicine there because in Naval Hospital Corps School, you learn basic medical care, right? Like you can take vital signs and stick a thermometer up someone's ass um after <laughs> school but uh field med teaches you how to stick the right thermometer up their ass and that's pretty pretty important uh so can I, after can i can i just say um alamo i think uh mr carter here needs to meet uh mr lee i think those two would be fucking besties mm, yeah. yes yeah, yeah that needs to happen please <laughs> please continue my man so <clears throat> As we're coming up to the end of field med, uh, the senior chief who's in charge of the schoolhouse comes up to me and is like, hey, I need to talk to you in my office. And I'm like, fuck. Because um, I am like eight days away from turning 18 and I've been shit-faced every night of field med. And mm. I was like, fuck, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> and so I go to senior chief's office and he was like, hey, man, um, you know, you were supposed to get assigned to second Marine logistics group. And I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty gay. Um, <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, it sounds like they do a lot of supply stuff. And that's not really like the thing that I'm, I'm big into. Like, I thought I was going to go to a division uh, like second Mardiv. And 
be with grunts like that is what what i want to do he's like buddy i got good news for you you are going to a marine division and i was like oh fuck yeah he's like you are going to first marine division at camp pendleton and i was like oh that is less than ideal because camp lejeune is my duty station he's like yeah that changed (laughs) and i was like okay cool he's like needs of the navy buddy welcome to the suck I was like, cool, cool. Um, I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, so that's great. He's like, so graduation's tomorrow, and uh, I know your dad's coming to pick you up and take you to Florida. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, so I arranged for your flight to leave from Orlando in three days (laughs) it's like what do you mean he's like well they're standing up a retired battalion uh for a deployment to iraq so they were on a rotation of like three battalions deployed at a time or something like that and it had been going on for so long that some of the battalions weren't able to keep up with the op tempo um so they were not deployable so they instead so they weren't able to go at like full strength and that kind of stuff like they weren't able to replenish the ranks got it okay correct so what they did is they fucking were just like hey these 15 cocksuckers have never deployed so we're gonna take them and they created this whole new battalion and it two nine um so they literally took like eight of us out of my field med class and sent us all to California to 29 Palms. Uh, we legit, we legit landed in San Diego. Um, we had a staff sergeant who met us with a van, picked us up, drove us out to 29 Palms, took us over to camp Wilson at 29 Palms, which is, uh, back in the day it was called Mojave Viper uh it was our pre-deployment training and he legit like drives up to Camp Wilson to this like swa hut and is like all right uh unload your gear so we all pull out our sea bags and shit and we're all in like our charlies because we were on a flight so we're in our charlies and we're out here in the middle of the fucking desert next to a swa hut and he's like all right unload your bags we unload our bags and then he just fucking drives off and we're like what the fuck so we're standing here and there's no nobody no one at camp Wilson. not a fucking soul is there like the little px that's out there isn't even open there's nobody out there not a battalion not a platoon not a fucking squirrel like nothing and we're like what do we do now and everyone's like oh i don't know uh what should we do carter and i'm like why are you asking me Bro, I have as much time in the Navy as every other dickhead here. And they're like, well, what do you think we should do? And I was like, I'm going to fucking go inside this fucking swat and see if there's like a fucking place to sit because we're by ourselves and not a single one of us has a phone. (laughs) Oh, shit. So we go in the swat and there's like... uh, there's cots and shit in there so i fucking set up a cot and i changed it in my fucking camis and i fucking laid down 
I'm like, I'm done. I'm so fucking pissed. And they're like, dude, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to fucking sleep. <laughs> they're like, why? I was like, because it is at least eight miles back to the main side of base. And I'm not walking it right now. It's like 3,000 degrees outside. And they were like, oh, okay. And I was like, in the morning, if no one's here, we'll walk back to the main side of base. Or as far as we have to until we see a human being that's alive and we can figure out what the fuck's going on. I feel like I've read something about this before. What was the name of that book? Um, <clears throat> Lord of the Flies. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Similar. Ah, yeah. Similar yeah. setup. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so where was Piggy? Yeah. I, I sleep for a couple hours and at like eight o'clock, uh, like we start hearing vehicles outside. So I fucking I walk outside and I'm wearing fucking skivvy shorts and a fucking skivvy shirt and wearing shower shoes. And this big old black dude jumps out of a seven ton. He was like, what the fuck are you doing in my hut? And I'm like, eh, first of all, calm down. Why are you <laughs> yelling at me? He's like, oh, I don't get a proper greeting, huh? And I'm like. I don't know who you are, guy. <laughs> well, Sergeant Major Miller was the first Marine I met on 29 Palms. <laughs> to this day, not my biggest fan. Um, <laughs> so what had happened is they had, they had sent this limited duty fuckwit staff sergeant to come pick us up, and he was supposed to take us to the grinder that the battalion was meeting at they thought we were all AWOL um, just a giant fucked up situation anyway unit gets there we do our pre-deployment training we go to Iraq I get fucked up a couple times we come back I'm like that fucking sucked and the chief um that I dealt with at the first Marine division when I came back was like, well, how bad did it suck? And I was like, that probably the worst like year of my life. <laughs> he was like, you want to go back? And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Bet. Bet. And he was like, cool. Uh, you leave in 33 days or some shit. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I get to go home on leave. He was like, yeah, you can leave tomorrow, man. So I go home on leave. I'm on leave for like 28 days. I come back. Chief's like, where have, where have you been? And I was like, Chief, I was on leave. You signed my leave. He's like, oh, shit, I forgot. Uh, you were supposed to be at Camp Wilson like a month ago for pre-deployment training. And I was like, oh. He's like, yeah, your, your battalion's already back. Uh, so... You're going to the range. You're going to the gas chamber. Uh, you got to go through RAS. You got to do like all of these things, which is like, I don't know, like four weeks of training. You got to do them by fucking Thursday because you guys leave on Friday. And I'm like, cool. So I, <laughs> I find a bunch of loopholes. And the only thing I ended up having to do was go to the range. Um, 
then I get on a bus and I drive to the airport and I'm back in fucking Iraq and I get fucked up a couple more times and come back. And now we have a, a different chief that I'm dealing with at first Mardiv. And, uh, can I just, can I ask a foreshadowing question? Was, was, was this new chief a fan of yours? Oh, all my chiefs have always loved me because okay. um, <laughs> I'm a smart ass and I get myself into trouble. Um, but I'm smart enough to find a, a good way out of it. Nice. So, <laughs> all right. My dude, my dude. But, uh, <laughs> so the new chief, <laughs> new chief is like, so how was it? And I was like, it fucking sucked. These dudes are fucking idiots. <laughs> I was like, the number of stitches I had to give on places that I never wanted to give someone stitches is absurd. The places that a Marine will stick his dick is just fucking fascinating and terrifying <laughs> <laughs> and of course so she was like oh so <laughs> I'm totally messing up this show right now I'm sorry dude I couldn't hold that in much longer man. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit oh uh, Christ so like, okay. yeah so new chief is like oh so you probably wouldn't want to do that again. And I was like, not with these fucking cocksuckers. No. And he was like, well, what about a different battalion in Afghanistan? I was like, yeah, let's do it. He's like, okay, cool. You leave in like 45 days or whatever it is. So I go home on leave again. And, uh, I come back and I do the, I actually do the pre-deployment training this time. And, uh, so during pre-deployment training, I find out that like, two thirds of my battalion are reservist and not like regular reserves. They're IRR Marines. So most of these dudes have been out for like seven years and 362 days. And they're at the end of the IRR time. And the Marine Corps was like, I know we got to use these cocksuckers while we can. Um, So they, they all got recalled. Let's stop loss. So, and <laughs> the worst thing about it is like none of these dudes are infantry. Oh, fuck. They're all like admin pogues and like water dogs, oh, aviation refuelers and shit like that. And they're assigned to a fucking infantry battalion for this deployment to Afghanistan. And guess where we're fucking going? We're going to Leatherneck. We're going to take Marsha. Let's go, boys. So I find all this out in pre-deployment training. And by this time I'm a third class. So like, uh, I expect to be pretty senior as far as the line corpsman. Um, but when I get to this battalion, I find out that literally everyone except for the first class, um, is like straight out of field med. Oh, like been in the Navy for a grand total of six months brand fucking new holy shit so i've got all these fucking admin dudes that are supposed to be the guys fucking unaliving people and then i've got all these fucking middle school kids as the people trying to keep those guys alive and i'm like fuck me so and then so our first class who is an independent duty corpsman for anyone who's unfamiliar with that they're basically a practitioner's assistant um 
except for the Navy doesn't care that there's no doctor present because you're basically them. So they're just like, cool. You do you like fentanyl here? Give it out to people. Um, that that is what IDCs do. So um, my IDC was straight out of a hospital. This was their first greenside command and they never went through field med. They just needed an IDC for this deployment. So there's so, a lot of things that just aren't checking the box. A lot of, you know, connections yeah, that haven't. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. It's things just things so are doing this freaking, instead of this. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm correcting people's uniforms because no one's ever been taught how to wear the fucking camis. Cause at the time we wore the working whites and the working blues. Um, I love the working blues. You look like fucking Johnny Cash, coolest dude of all time. So <laughs> are those are those the old dungarees? Uh so the dungarees are the prison uniform. So also a Johnny Cash style uniform. Okay. But no, so what I refer to when I say the Johnny Cash is is it was a black long sleeve okay. shirt and I black gotcha. pants with a tie and a piss cutter. Um and I love for those that don't know, a piss cutter is uh vernacular for uh like a garrison style flat cap, different branches called different things. In the Marine Corps Navy, it is called a piss cutter. So, yeah, yeah. just in case we lost them, you just went, you know, right. <laughs> you're, good. you're good. We translate, so, man. It's all good, it's all fantastic. So, that was like my favorite uniform of all time. Like, I looked fucking awesome in the Johnny Cash's, <laughs> but uh. So I'm teaching people how to wear these camis and shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like we go to do a shot X. We had to give everyone the smallpox shot because obviously these fucking hundred pound dudes in the Hindu Kush are carrying around just fucking tons of smallpox to throw at us. Um, So we go to give the smallpox vaccine and I'm like, Hey, grab the bifurcated needles out of the fucking green box. And this dude comes back with like a handful of 18 gauge needles. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you fucking retarded? Mm. And he's like, oh, you told me to grab the needles. I told you to grab bifurcated needles, not fucking 18 inch or not 18 inch the gauge syringes. I was like, what the fuck do you want me to do? For with those these? of you not familiar with the bifurcated needles, it's like this little kind of like dual, what you call it, fork, like really <laughs> small needle that you kind of just... Yeah. So the smallest for the smallpox vaccine, um, because the majority of folks that have gotten smallpox vaccines were like eight months old. uh, We're actually giving you smallpox like that. That is what we're doing. We are giving you a very small amount of smallpox so that your body knows what it is and can fight it. Uh, So the bifurcated needle is two tiny blades that are designed to puncture your skin and allow the smallpox to get in. Like that's the thing. Yeah. We, we do that. Uh, welcome to modern medicine. <laughs> so, <laughs> what we do is we stab you in the same place 15 times with this fucking needle and hope that you don't like full, full on get smallpox. Um, Just enough to get the immunity. But yes. not full blown. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I find that he has no idea what a bifurcated needle is. And I yeah. have to go 
find the bifurcated needles except somebody moved them out of the green box anyway so even if he knew what they were he'd be too stupid to look in another location to try to find them so i go and get that we do the shot x and like two days later like i've got all these marines coming to me and they've got fucking smallpox all the way down their arm and i'm like what the fuck so i find out that one of these junior corpsmen is like doing a line of sticks down the arm i'm like what are you doing like i showed you what to do like it'd be one thing if i told you i was like yeah stick them in the arm 15 times and you're like oh what is the best route to take to do that yeah (laughs) right like i could see that you know I, i wasn't clear enough with my directions so you gave someone actual smallpox well fuck <laughs> but no i i legitimately told everyone how to do it and then i physically showed all of them how to give the smallpox vaccine and this one fucking guy must have had fucking jizz in his eyes or something i don't know <laughs> he fucking trailed all the way down their arm luckily <clears throat> Luckily for us, he was always he was also the slowest one through the process. So he only ended up giving like 15 people the vaccine, but all 15 people had to be fucking quarantined. So that was a fucking mess. Anyway, so we deploy to Afghanistan. Um we're at Leatherneck, and when we land at Leatherneck, we actually land at the uh the British base that's attached to Leatherneck because Leatherneck at the time was berms on three sides and fucking four GP tents. And so we get out to Leatherneck and we're like stacked fucking 18 high on cots and shit because there's only four, four GP tents. And so we're there as they're pushing out and then we all go out to little COPs and stuff like that and some platoons went out to different fobs um and you know about six months in we pushed into marja the first time and you know got a lot of pushback from that well then uh my first class comes to me and they're like hey you got to go over to the division building uh master chief wants to talk to you and i'm like okay and of course i think i'm in trouble because i'm just in a constant state of trouble because i run my fucking mouth there seems to be a recurring pattern here yeah well and so i made second class while i was in afghanistan and so i assume that master chief's notifying me that i'm going to like captain's mass uh because i tell people how dumb they are regularly (laughs) and so i get into master chief's office and he's like take a seat and i was like okay so i'm not in trouble um because they never tell you to sit down when you're in trouble ever oh no if you're getting your ass chewed you stand up parade rest or lock it up at attention yeah that's true so i'm like okay i'm not in there master yep I was like, Master Chief wants something. That's why I get to sit down in Master Chief's office. He wants something. And he's like, hey, so this is your third deployment. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, it is. 
He's like, and you've only been in the Navy like four years. And I was like, yep. He's like, and you are, you do a great fucking job. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know. Thank you. Um, cool. Are we just like here to tell me how awesome I am? Cause I do that all the time. <coughs> and he's like, well, so how would you feel about doing something a little bit different? And I was like, different how? Like, are you telling me I have to change jobs again? He's like, no. So you know what a human engagement team is? And I'm like, yeah, they're the counter intel guys that like you only hear about. You never really see them. He's like, yeah. So one of the counter intel teams is in need of a corpsman. And I was like, okay. He's like, so I recommended you to join them. And I was like, all right, cool. He's like, but you have to extend your deployment an additional six months on top of your normal deployment. Uh, and I was like, <coughs> yeah, bet. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, cool. I'm going to walk you downstairs. Uh, I got to get you to sign some paperwork. And I'm like, okay. So we walk downstairs. And of course, when he says, I need you to sign some paperwork. I'm still thinking that it's all my stuff from my promotion, which was only a week ago. Like I just got frocked. And uh, so we get downstairs and I start signing this paperwork and the PS one who is uh, PSs at the time were personnel specialist. So the PS one is like, okay, this is the last form you have to sign. Um, and then uh, something about an address or whatever. And I'm like, okay. So I, Essentially so I, Navy admin. <laughs> so I, I signed the paper and then I look at it a second. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? So when you join a human engagement team, you are no longer covered by the SGLI or the SLGI or whatever it is. The $400,000 that your fucking family gets. Cause you fucking got capped. Like you're no, no longer covered by that. Just so anyone in the future that joins a human engagement team because they think it sounds cool, if you die, your family gets shit. Oh, my God. Um, but, of course, I sign the paper because I'm just like, oh, I'm never going to die. I'm fucking 19 years old. I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> right? If I get shot, I'm just going to save myself. Fuck it. <laughs> so... Uh, oh, like the, the cocky swagger. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> you need you need to bottle this shit up, man. A sell like, an energy drink. Like you'll have a bunch of like a, a minion army of like people just hooked up. Yeah. Well, so, like, <laughs> twenty minutes. Twenty minutes after essentially fucking my entire family over, uh, this like random like crackhead looking lieutenant shows up at my tent. He's like, hey, get your gear. Come with me. And I was like, who the fuck are you, bro? And I was like, buddy, you've been in the med locker. And so I pack up all my gear and I get in this little fucking Toyota surf with this lieutenant who I have never met, hasn't told me his name, isn't wearing a uniform. Um, and he starts driving away. And we go to this like obscure corner 
of fucking camp leatherneck that's got like trailers on it like legit fucking trailers with like air conditioning units and i'm like oh i don't care who this dude is now (laughs) that is we are going to the wizard to the land of oz so he gets out and he opens this gate and he drives through this gate and he closes the gate back and uh we pull up and there's just this dude group of fucking like ragtag fucking broke down fucking dudes just like sitting everywhere and i'm like where the fuck am i <laughs> and so i get out of the truck he's like hey man your room uh your room's over there and i was like cool thanks and i take my stuff and i go into the room and i've got one bed there's a fucking mini fridge in here there's a fun gun locker um and i'm like this is strange. Like I, I like it. Like I've heard about things like this, but I've never <laughs> seen them. And uh, then I have this uh, army sergeant come up, and he knocks on the door, and I open the door. He's like, "Hey, man, you're the new guy, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I am the new guy." He's like, "All right, come with me. I'm going to take you over to the armory." And I was like, "Cool." Uh, do we like check our guns in? He's like, no, we got to get you some stuff. And I was like, all right. So we go over there and there's this like little fucking corporal in there. He was like, Hey man, what do you want? And I was like, I don't know. I was told to come over here. He's like, yeah. Cause I need to know what you want. <laughs> and I'm like that, that doesn't make sense. I was ordered to come here. He's like, yes, to tell me what you want. I was like, I didn't say I wanted anything. He was like, okay, you have to be smarter than this because you're a corpsman. (laughs) So when you go to Burger King, you tell them what you want and they give it to you, right? But your intent there is to get food, specifically a burger. And it was like, <clears throat> yes, I know how to order food. He's like, you at arm at uh, you are at an armory. What do we have here? I was like, guns. He was like, yes, we have guns. So now you tell me what you want. I was like. Like I get to like pick a gun. <laughs> He's like, yeah, doc, you, you tell me what you want. And if I have it or it's a reasonable request that I can get, you get that. I was like, you no, no. no. Like, it doesn't work like this. He, he's like doc have you have you never like been with anyone other than grunts and I was like no I've only ever loved them and he's like oh oh come with me come with me and he opens up the armory door and he walks me in and of course so I find out later that like this is 
the special warfare armory for the AO. Like this is the level one armory for them. And he's nice. Like, so we've got all our German stuff over here. Uh, all the Eastern European stuff is over here. All the American made goods are in the back. Uh, the real big boom, boom stuff is up front. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, I buddy, I don't like, I know about the M four. Um, and the M9, I don't know anything else about guns. Like, I have a bolt action at home that I've been hunting with since I was fucking seven. Uh, <coughs> so educate me. He was like, oh, they all go boom, buddy. I make sure. <laughs> and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, it's okay. fucking awesome. <laughs> so I just. I just start picking up stuff and I'm like, that one looks super cool. I want that one. And he's like, yeah, I can do that. And I was like, cool. He's like, what do you want on it? And I was like, mm, we're, we're going too far here. Like, I don't know any of this. I know what an ACOG is. So then he starts making recommendations. He does this build out for me. And that's pretty much what I carried for the rest of the time. And, the human engagement team was super fun. You know, it's a small team. You sit on the side of the mountain and you watch a bad guy for a while. And then you're like, okay, bad guys by himself. Let's go fucking breach and snag him up. And then you hand him off to a three letter agency and they do whatever they do at the time. Bush was still the president. So I assume they were like waterboarding and fucking strapping batteries to his nipples and shit. Um, <laughs> At least that's how I like I like to picture it that way. <laughs> oh shit. But uh so yeah, then I had came back and some of those times that I got fucked up started catching up with me. Like I'd started having constant pain and all this other stuff, and I was just like, oh, it'll buff out. And so I spent another year with the Marine Corps after that and then I was forced to take a blue side command. So of course I picked Korea and I went to Korea as the Navy medical liaison to the Marine Corps. Cause I was like fucking loophole. Um, and I get to Korea and I find out that I still have to wear all Navy uniforms, which I did not own because we had now switched uniforms to that nasty digital blue camouflage uniform. Oh, the blueberries. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did not own <laughs> any of that. <clears throat> Didn't own a single one. So I land in Korea and my uh, like guide or whatever they call themselves um, or my mentor my new duty station mentor picks me up from the airport. He's like, Hey man, you know, I'll take you back to your room. Uh, take a couple days to get used to the area. And, uh, then I'll see you at the clinic on Monday. I was like, cool. Where's the exchange? He's like, uh, we can run by there. Do you need like shaving cream or what? I was like, Oh, I need the uniforms. 
He's like, where are your uniforms? I was like, they're in my bag. He's like, the, what do you need? Like a belt? Or and I was like, oh, no, I need Navy All uniforms. <laughs> I, don't, I don't own any Navy uniforms. He's like, oh, well, I can't. Our exchange is like one room, bro. There's only, <laughs> there's only 100 active duty Navy personnel here. And I was like, oh, he's like, yeah, they might have some covers and belts and maybe like a couple uniforms, uh, but not like a full sea bag. And I was like, fuck. So I bought one uniform when we got there and I wore it for like four weeks straight. And <laughs> then we had like a 96 hour weekend so I flew to uh, Sasebo, Japan, where they had a large exchange. And I bought all my uniforms and I fucking flew back to Korea. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then uh, I had a medical issue while I was in Korea and they sent me to a local hospital and I had some MRIs and stuff done and they found three cracked vertebrae in my back. Ouch. And <clears throat> so I go back to Korea and they're like, hey, uh, you are no longer deployable. And I was like, I mean, but I am though. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? They're like, yeah, no, you're not. Like the fact that you're walking is pretty pretty amazing and i was like oh <laughs> uh can i see those mris and they're like yeah here you go and i'm like those aren't mine and they're like yeah no they are though those are yours that's your bag <laughs> god so i was like okay i was like but i'm still deployable bro i just did the prt like three days ago i fucking killed it they're like, yeah, um, but like, what happens if you're carrying a 250 pound fucking crayon eater, and that vertebrae goes from cracked to just fucking disintegrated, and now you're both dead? And I was like, I can't die though. Like, it's a thing. I've tried. Trust me, it doesn't work. <laughs> and they're like, well, you're non-deployable. You are in a non-deployable status. I was like, well, what, what does that entail? And they were like, you're going to go to a med board and you're going to get kicked out of the fucking Navy. And I was Ooh. like, at this point, at this point, how long have you been in, had it been in the Navy? I'd been in just under seven years. Okay. okay. And you so, were, you were a first class at this point. I was a first class. Okay. Um, and no, no, no. I was still a second class. I made second in Afghanistan, so I'm still a second. I made first class in Hawaii. Um, so they're like, yeah, you're going to go to med board. Uh, you can't be non-deployable and have a career as a corpsman. It doesn't work that way. I was like, well, what can I do? They're like, you can reclassify. And of course, me being an asshole, I was like, okay, I can find a loophole here. Um, so I start going through every rate in the Navy, like just 
doing research because I don't know what the Navy does. Like, I've never been part of the Navy. Like, it, I haven't. Like, I've been with the Marine Corps. I could tell you everything about the Marine Corps. I couldn't tell you shit about the Navy. Like, we went on a ship for, like, nine days one time for Fleet Week in San Francisco. They picked us up at Red Beach in California. They went out, like, fucking 100 miles or whatever. They went fucking north. They came back in, and they dropped us off. And then we rode buses back. Like, they didn't even take us there and bring us back. Like, we rode buses back. But I was on the ship. I had no idea how to get anywhere. People were coming to me, and they were like, Doc... Uh, how do we get to the gym? And I was like, I don't fucking know. Like, you're, you're in the Navy. And I was like, I've never been on it. I have as much time on a ship as you do. <laughs> so I know nothing about the Navy, but I found this rate called religious program specialist. And we had them in all of our battalions. They'd roll with the chaplain, right? They're like security for the chaplain. I was like, bet. I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna. Read. Every time I hear that word now, I'm just gonna look at Jesus. I was like, my head down. I was like, okay, bet. I'm gonna reclassify to religious program specialist, and when I go to transfer duty stations, I'm gonna pick a Marine Corps unit. Bet. I don't have to carry a 250 pound Marine. I gotta carry a little fucking glasses wearing Catholic priest. I can do that. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> so I submit the paperwork to reclassify as an RP and I have to take the promotion exam for it because I have to qualify for it. And I'm like, I I don't know shit about religion. <laughs> I know what <laughs> I can speak a little bit of fucking Yiddish. Um, I don't know if that qualifies me. Um, I know about the high holy days, and I know that, you know, Catholics and Christians believe that this fucking carpenter walked on water and shit. Great. Um, so I take the <laughs> test. I Christmas tree a good portion of the test. And I ended up, I ended up picking it first class. So, <laughs> of course, I don't get first class at this time because I'm just getting into the rate. So, yeah, I'm, I make first class, but I don't get it. But I get the rate. So then I have to pick a new duty station, and I pick Hawaii. I was like, Kaneohe Bay? Why would I not go to Hawaii? This is <laughs> awesome. So... The, Hawaii was your last duty station, like right before you got out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. So I pick orders to Kaneohe Bay, and like a week before I'm supposed to transfer to Kaneohe Bay, the oh, what do they call them? I essentially like another version of classifier who just gives you orders to bases is like, oh, hey, this kid's non-deployable. We're gonna send him to Pearl Harbor instead. So I get assigned to the chapel in Pearl Harbor, and I'm now the senior RP at this chapel. I've no idea what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> and uh, so, like, I get there, and there's this 
third class that's there. And he's like, hey, bruh. And I was like, uh, yeah, hi. He's like, hey, uh, here's the turnover binder. Uh, I get out of the Navy in like 14 days. And I was like, bro, I've never done anything as an RP. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. He was like, oh, yeah, me either, man. And I was like, oh. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. What the hell? <laughs> so, luckily, the job is not very difficult. Um, it's realistically, it's managing the chaplains. Like, that is what that job entails. Because they're all, like, they're, they're men of God, right? So, like, they only see, like, the good in people, and people try to, like, abuse that, right? So, like, people are like, oh, I'm a piece of shit, and that's why everyone treats me like a piece of shit, because I suck at my job, and I haven't taken a shower in 30 fucking days. Um, <laughs> so, they're like, oh, I'm depressed. Let me go talk to the chaplain. And then they take like a hour break from getting yelled at for being shitty at their jobs. And they go talk to the chaplain and then the chaplain goes to like their senior leadership and no one ever wants to tell a chaplain no. Right. So the chaplain will go to like the staff NCO and be like, Hey, you know, this guy's having a rough time, you know, he needs some help and blah, blah, blah. And so of course, that chief's going to be like, yeah, chaps, we got you, you know, we'll take it easy on him. We'll give him a couple days off. And so people do that shit all the time. And then chaplains get like super over involved in people's lives and you got to like reel them in and shit. Yeah. And then they come up with all these ideas that are like, oh, this is going to change people's lives. And then you have to bring them back to reality. Why do I feel like you're that's like the, the, the one aspect of this RP rate that you just you're like, hey, hey, sir, just chaps. Let's let's bring it back down to reality. I just have a feeling that came so natural to you. It knowing did. the combination <laughs> the conversation that we've had for the last hour and a half is just like Yeah, okay. no, it, like that job was so easy for me and I I, I kind of like naturally fit in it and it was just cool to have that. Um especially as like my twilight tour, if you will, like that was a cool experience for me, but the chapel at Pearl Harbor is like where careers go to die. Um, so <laughs> Pearl Harbor has its own transient personnel unit. So everyone in the Pacific fleet that goes on like light duty or limited duty gets sent to Pearl Harbor for transient personnel unit until they are either healed or kicked out of the fucking Navy. Like that, that's how it works. Well, so anyone that TPU can't find a place for, or doesn't want to deal with anymore, they get sent to the chapel. That doesn't, that's not just like junior sailors. Like they'll send senior chiefs over there. And like, one of the most difficult things to deal with because um, by this time I had made first class like legitimately now and so one of the most difficult things to deal with was like having a senior chief get assigned to the chapel and trying to explain to them how I'm in charge 
like yeah you have an anchor with a star on your collar so if i have questions about like career things i'm gonna come to you and be like hey senior chief whose dick do i need to suck to uh make chief right <laughs> but when it comes to like administration for chapel functions <clears throat> even though i don't know what i'm doing like i know more about it than you so i need you to back the fuck up um hallelujah <laughs> so how long how long were you in hawaii before you ended up leaving the navy uh two and a half years so gotcha. i worked at the chapel there for two and a half years and i had gained this reputation for making people that wore khaki uniforms cry so what tpu started doing at the end of my time there because especially at the end of my time in Hawaii, I just gave zero fucks. I would fucking tell you about yourself. I didn't care what was on your collar. <laughs> um, so the base commander came to the chapel one day and said something to one of my junior sailors. And I told him to get the fuck out of my building. And he was like, excuse me. And I was this like, is, you are like a, excused. A, this is like at least a captain. Then he was a captain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um so but uh so what tpu would do is if the first class who was in charge of tpu had a chief or a senior chief that they were just having a rough fucking time with they would send them to the chapel and make me knock them down a couple pegs <laughs> so legitimately ariel came to the chapel one day and I was in an office fucking chewing out a chief for I don't even know what probably <laughs> fucking, like breathing wrong or something I don't know <laughs> but I had this chief and she was a really nice lady like don't get me wrong like as oh, a, person, a lady yeah. oh my gosh as a person she was super nice uh, but as a chief she was kind of a fucking idiot she was a nuke actually so uh, nukes get promoted super quick yeah. but so she was like this young chief and she had like a chip on her shoulder because she was limited duty and she just felt she needed to assert her dominance in my fucking house and I was just like we're, we're not gonna do that here um, with some colorful language and some higher volume than what I'm using right now obviously but yeah so I had her in tears and like that was a normal thing but i made chaplains cry too like it i was an equal opportunity <laughs> asshole um as long as you're consistent <laughs> i mean consistency is a big thing so yeah absolutely like i'm gonna tell you in a nice way that you're stupid um but if you don't <laughs> like like if it doesn't click for you like now i obviously the nice way doesn't work so i need to pick another option <laughs> So it usually ends with me yelling and some colorful language because that's the closest to Barney style that I feel I can get. Oh, boy. And even that might not work, but I'm going to get a reaction of some kind and I'm going to enjoy <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Did so, you, is, was there a certain, um, going, going into, um, post-military were there like um 
Like, was it like, I mean, we all kind of have our struggles, uh, obviously. Like, I know I have a whole bunch of them, some of which you actually know about. Um, yeah. do, um, did you find yourself running into a lot of shit? Um, like, I'm like, I mean, obviously, I'm pretty sure you did. Like, did you find yourself running into a lot of issues post military or what? I did. Um, like, my whole whole mindset like i was in a really bad place for a really long time i was just miserable with everything i tried to do outside the military um when i first got out i worked retail um i got a job at best buy because i wanted to buy a new xbox and they got a huge discount and i was like you know what uh selling electronics to people i can do that uh and i could i mean i i did i did that for like a month and I was like, fuck this. This is fucking bullshit. I've got a bunch of fucking 21-year-olds trying to tell me what to do. Eat a fucking dick, bro. <laughs> um, I'd, they'd correct me on technology. And, like, I get it. Bro, I spent a lot of time in the desert. I'm not super, like, tech-savvy. I didn't have the fucking iPad Quattro in fucking Afghanistan. Sorry, they didn't sell that at the apple store in the hindu kush bruh um, <laughs> but yeah so i was at a disadvantage there uh and it wasn't anyone's fault like it's, i had a different life than some of these younger folks did um so i just it wasn't a good fit for me yeah. and so ariel at the time worked at starbucks and they were doing that higher 10,000 veteran initiative or whatever, because we love America and whatnot. Starbucks, I believe, had it where they were going to hire 10,000 refugees. Or it was it was veterans yeah. first. Oh, was it? Oh, I didn't it, know about that. Yeah, they were going to hire 10,000 veterans because they support veterans and they love America. Because um, America. Yeah. So that was their, their first like big initiative. And so what they were doing is they were hiring veterans and they were putting them in this like manager in training program. So you would start as a shift manager. And then after like six months or whatever, they would make you an assistant store manager. And we were living in New York at the time. So the starting pay for an assistant store manager was like 65 K. I was like, that's like twice what I made in the military. So I was like, that's, that's pretty solid stuff. Yeah. So I, I go to work there and of course I'm the only dude, um, at my store. Yeah, that's not true. There was a guy there that he, he was technically a man. Um, so he, very much enjoyed the volleyball scene in Top Gun. So <clears throat> awesome dude, great worker, great employee. If you gave him a task, he would complete it in a fucking heartbeat. Great dude. Got it. Anyway, <clears throat> so I started as a shift manager and the district manager fucking hates me like hated me i don't know why yeah well, <laughs> hated me before she met me right 
like my store manager loved me the assistant manager who was getting promoted to store manager at a new store that was opening fucking loved me um district manager had never met me but knew i was a veteran so she was essentially required to hire me when i applied fucking hated me so i do all my training i'm working as a shift manager and i'm doing a lot of the assistant manager responsibilities because i'm i'm supposed to be learning because that's what i'm going to be doing right and like a month before i'm supposed to get promoted she puts a hiring and promotion freeze in place for the entire district. Right. Two months later, she opens the freeze for one day, takes an application from one shift manager that was at her old store, promotes her to assistant store manager, and then puts the freeze back in place. And that day, I was like, I quit. Yeah, that's <laughs> not shady at all. Yeah, no. And then I I went to work for Leslie's Pool Supplies, where I was also miserable. Um, <laughs> I and like Leslie's in New York was different than Leslie's in Florida. Like I liked all the people I worked with, and I liked all the people I worked for. Um, I got a lot of respect there because I was competent. And I did my job, which is not always something you get there. Um, but one thing I did with every job I I had when I got out of the military is regardless how dumb I thought the job was and how much I disliked it, I did my best to be better than everyone else that did that job. Because I'm getting paid for it. Like, I'd better be as good as I can because people are paying yeah. me for it. Um, so I did really well at Leslie's. We decided it was time to move back to Florida. Um, started looking around for a place to transfer in Florida. Couldn't find anything. I uh, threw like this Hail Mary. And I was like, they have a commercial service center down there. I've never done the commercial side of the business, but I feel like I could probably learn it. It's a pool's a fucking pool. Um, one's bigger. Okay. So I called the commercial service center. I, I talked to your, uh, your bay there. And uh, <laughs> she was like, yeah, I think we have a position that we're trying to make and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't know for sure until like three days before we actually moved that I had like had a job, like 100% had a job. So we moved down and I think like the day after we moved, I started down there, met Tisha. She was like, oh yeah, my husband's a veteran. You know, you guys would probably get along. And at this point I had nothing but negative interactions with other vets, like nothing but negative ones. Um, in New York, like all of the local vets were either like super old or they got kicked out before they completed a contract. Like those are the, those are the only vets that I dealt with the entire time I lived in New York. <clears throat> so all my interactions are negative. And I was like, oh yeah, well maybe one day we'll all get together. And she was like, oh yeah, he's coming in today. So you'll get to meet him. So me and Manny met. Uh, we talked for a little bit, and then 
they invited me and Ariel over for game night, uh, which was super like a weird thing for me. <laughs> and I was like, I can see that. <laughs> I was like, this isn't really like my uh, my thing. Like, I'm not a social butterfly, so <laughs> I don't know you people. <laughs> and you want me to come to your home? It sounds questionable. Uh, but of course, my wife is a social butterfly. She likes people. Um, so we go. We've been friends ever since. Uh, I beat the fucking socks off of them in every game we played. <laughs> also ultra competitive. Uh, facts. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. As long as you don't say that damn B word again. Yeah. <laughs> bet. But, uh, bet. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah we've we've been friends ever since uh after a while um i had talked about going to the police academy for like two or three years and like something always came up and it was always easier for me to keep doing what i was doing because i knew i was making decent money um and I was always using that as an excuse, like, oh, well, you know, we need to pay for these things. And so finally, one day I'm at home and I, I fucking hate my job. I hate my district manager. I hated our fucking regional vice president. Like, I fucking hated everybody. Right. Because I ended up taking a store manager position and leaving the commercial service center. And I took the worst store in the entire fucking district that had not been maintained. They had shit sales and all this other stuff. And like, <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at your story. We, we actually just had a, a comment pop up on our, on our chat. So oh. uh, <laughs> somebody who shall remain in was said, uh, game night wasn't your thing. Brownie face. <laughs> I, I ended up loving game night. That initial <laughs> invite. That, the, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call the backpedal dance. That is what that is the backpedal dance. See, <laughs> it's all good, man. I'm busting I, balls here, man. It's all I good. feel I wasn't clear enough with that. I ended up <laughs> loving game night. In fact, we were there almost every week that it was held um, for a long time. But uh, yeah, anyway, so I take over the store and I fucking bust my ass. Um, like I increase sales, I start cleaning the store up, I start fixing a bunch of stuff that had been broken for fucking years in the store, um, and all this stuff. And we do this annual inspection with the regional vice president, and he comes in, and like I had hired and I had gone through like three or four assistant managers in like six months. One of them stole a deposit from the safe and like all kinds Fuck. of shit. So I remember that I go through a bunch of different assistant managers. So it's literally me working like 70 hours a week at this store, just busting my ass. And so the regional vice president comes in and we had cleaned the store from front to back and back to front. And now we were sanding every shelf in my store and repainting them because they wouldn't order me new shelves and half of these shelves had like holes in them. So I'm sitting there in the back room, putting Bondo on these fucking store shelves and fucking sanding them and painting them. 
And this dude comes in and he goes over to this rack in the very back of my supply room that we cleaned like a month ago. And he takes his finger and he runs it along and he pulls off like this little bit of dust. He's like, you guys don't clean. I was like, Brian, you're fucking stupid. I was like, you see what my, my guys do in there? He just stripped that entire fucking shelf with this 50 miles of other shelf out here that we've done. He's putting Bondo on it because you guys won't replace them. And he was like, well, your store is not clean. And I was like, Ryan, I, we clean our store all the time. I was like, we cleaned that like three or four weeks ago. We just haven't gotten back there again because we're doing all of these other things. He was like, I'll be back in two days. Your store better be clean or there will be repercussions. And I was like, you know what, Brian, here's my two weeks notice. Fuck you. Uh, I can't do this bullshit anymore. So I applied to the law enforcement academy and uh, that had a lot of build up to it. And Ariel had given me a bunch of shit and was like, just apply. And I had gone to our district manager and was like, Hey, can you work with me on the schedule? I want to go do this. And she was like, no, I can't. So it had been put on the back burner again, kind of. And then that was like the tipping point. I was just like, fuck this. I'm done. I can't do it anymore. So I took a $12 an hour security job and I went to the Academy at night. And like the whole time I'm in the Academy, I'm thinking to myself, I was like, how do I know I'm not going to be miserable doing this too? I was like, it's not the military. Like the, the one and only job I've ever loved was in the military. And I was like, and this is not that. So I'm like, fuck. So I'm getting in my head again. And the Academy is nine months long and it fucking sucks. Cause I'm working every morning, leaving work. Sometimes I have enough time to go home and see my wife for like 10 minutes, change real quick and fucking go to the Academy where I get treated like a piece of dog shit again. <laughs> then I just recycle. Um, so I finished the academy and I had prior to finishing the academy, like I had wanted to work for my hometown here and uh, they weren't hiring at the time. So I had applied further north and I got a job offer and I was like, sweet. And then another local town opened up applications and I applied there too. Cause I was like, you know what? Nothing's guaranteed. And I got a job offer there too. And then my hometown opened up. So I put in an application here and then at another place and I had the interviews on the same day. And so I interviewed the other place first and I was like, Hey, I have an interview this afternoon, um, at my hometown. And I'd really like to see how that goes before I give you an answer. Cause they gave me a uh, job offer on the spot. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. We'll have our human resources call you Monday morning. I was like, cool. So I go to my hometown and uh, my interview starts and I'm wearing shirt stays on my shirt. And so one of the guys on the interview panel, I've known since we were 12 years old, like we were friends. We used to play uh, NFL 2K5 
together on the original Xbox. <laughs> like we had sleepovers at each other's houses and he's on my interview yeah. board. So he comes out to get me from the waiting room and I go to stand up and my fucking shirt snakes snap off my socks and fucking hit me in the balls. And I'm like, Oh, he's like, you all right. And I was like, no, but we're going to we're gonna do this shit anyway. So we walk into the interview room and I'm pulling my shirt stays out of my fucking pants and trying to stuff them in my pockets as I'm walking to my seat. And like, everyone's just kind of looking at me and they, they start the interview like a normal interview and like five minutes in someone's just like i gotta ask and i was like their shirt stays they snapped (laughs) and like from that point on it was literally just like essentially me being a sarcastic asshole like that (laughs) the rest of my interview was just shit essentially (laughs) Um, and i told them i was like hey i got a job offer from this place today um and i've had a couple other offers uh this is where i want to work etc etc i know you have more interviews to conduct a um i just wanted to make you aware that i have until monday to make the decision so i'd go back home and you know i'm i'm unsure like i i honestly don't know how it went because that was not a traditional interview that i was used to um and at like four o'clock my buddy calls me and he's like hey man and i was like "Mm, didn't get the job he's like how'd you think you did i was like i thought i did all right um i could have done better he's like yeah he's like well we want to offer you the job and i'm like yeah duh (laughs) so i take the job finish the academy graduate take my state exam for my certification pass that come to work and i will tell you i have never been happier with a job than i am in law enforcement and the beauty of it is my agency is super do what you want to do not in the sense that like i can go be a road pirate and just like pull you over and take all your shit from you um but if you have a desire in law enforcement like they encourage you to go after that desire so like dope work is big for me like so not in a bad necessarily way but just to be proactive yeah yeah whatever you want to do as a law enforcement officer like they will encourage that so they will if you find a training that is going to make you better at the thing you want to do specifically they'll send you to that training right they'll if you want to focus more on that you can do that they we're not stat based they're not like oh you need to go write 10 citations every day um it listen if your goal in law enforcement is to sit under a tree and only respond to the calls that you get every day and the rest of the time watch netflix nobody's gonna harass you like as long as you go to your calls and you do your job like that that's what you get paid to do you get paid to do those things but if you want to go out and do 50 traffic stops a night and pull fucking a pound of meth out of a car go do it 
that sounds a little bit closer to home for me because you know where I live. <laughs> well, we, have, we have no shortage of it here, and you know we're a small agency, um, so we go out there and we have people that go and do the work, and we're getting younger um, as the years go on. We're getting a lot of new folks in that are younger and hungry and want to go out and do these things and learn these things. Um, and I kind of joined the agency at a, a pretty opportune time. So I was right in that, that middle space between a lot of folks retiring and leaving and all these young folks coming in. So I was able to get all that experience from a lot of these older seasoned folks that I could pass on to these younger folks. And I still have the desire to go out and do that work. So it's not just me saying, Hey, you can do all this great stuff. And then sitting under a tree, like I'm still out there doing the work. So I'm telling them how to do it and I'm showing them the right way to do it. Nice. It, it, it's making a lot of things better. Um, but there were some growing pains for our agency for a while. Um, and a lot of that has been worked out at this point. And we've got a lot of people in positions that weren't in those positions a couple of years ago um, that are making life a lot better and easier for a lot of us. Um, and we've, over the past couple of years, we've kind of haven't perfected anything by any means, but we've made a lot of our programs better, like our field training program is a lot better today than it was two years ago. Um, our firearms program is a lot better today than it was two years ago. It wasn't bad. It was just different. Um, we're trying to modernize a lot of what we're doing. Um, we're trying to just make everything better. Like as weird as that is to say, and as general as that is to say, <clears throat> We're just trying to make it a better overall place to be at. Um, whether you plan on coming to us for a couple of years to get that experience, and move on to a larger agency, or whether you plan to be here for 30 years and retire, we want you to be able to learn and develop and grow as an officer. And it's awesome to see how much we've progressed in that over the past couple of years. Nice. So, uh, one last question, and then we're gonna we're gonna ask you to uh, for one, one last thing. Um, okay. Over the course of everything that you've gone through, that includes you know your military career, and then obviously getting into you know getting into law enforcement, is there anything that you would change along the way? Uh, I'm not I'm not a big regrets person. Um, cause I kind of like who I am and if I made a lot of changes or really made any changes, I probably wouldn't be who I am or where I am. Um, I mean, I maybe would have gotten into law enforcement earlier. Um, when I got out of the military. Gotcha. But again, I don't know where I'd be at as an officer at this point. So I, I kind of. I love where I am. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to say that for sure. Um, gotcha. And um, 
what, uh, like, do you have any like kind of like wisdom or like, you know, uh, advice for people that you would like recommend, like going into the military or whatever? This is probably going to be my favorite part because after the conversation we've had, like, this is going to be a fucking little <laughs> nuggy, nuggy of gold. It's, it's going to so be nuggy for let's, sure. Let's, let's hear that. <laughs> it's going to be I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, for anyone that joins the military, which I highly encourage anyone that feels that they may have like an urge to serve, do it. The fuck do you have to lose? It's four years of your life, bro. You're going to get college. They're going to pay for your fucking food. They're going to give you a place to stay and give you some clothes. It's better than living under a bridge or with your fucking parents after you're 18. Like you have to move out at some point. You can move back in. Later in life, move back in by all means. But when you turn 18, everyone wants to get out. Don't stay there. Get some form of life experience. If you find that it's better or more efficient to go back to your parents at a later date, do it. Cool. Anyway, totally different rant. Um, sorry. Um, but if you think that maybe it's a good idea, it is. I promise. Fucking do it. It's going to change your life. You're going to get life experiences that you, there's no other way you're going to find it. You want to go back, back through the fucking Swiss Alps when you're 18 because you saw it on fucking TikTok. Okay, cool. What did you gain? <laughs> you walked a bunch. You got really tired and someone threw shit at you from the wood line. Cool. I can do that in Afghanistan. <laughs> and they give me a gun. Anyway. Um, no, I, I mean, the military offers a lot of benefit that a lot of people don't see because vets as a whole and like active duty, all we ever do is bitch, right? Like that is what we do because what the fuck else do we have to do? Like yeah. we're, we're, a, we're a bitch, but we actually have it pretty good. We do. Um, but my, my nugget of wisdom that I would give for someone that does join, um, uh, would be listen to your fleet daddy bud um and i i don't know if the army refers to fleet daddies the same way as i refer to fleet daddies but fleet daddy is that fucking salty fucking e3 that's been around forever and the command fucking hates and wants to get rid of but he's so fucking good at his job you can't he's not gonna <laughs> he's not gonna promote because he's a shitbag Right? <laughs> he's got the nastiest fucking uniform. He looks like shit all the time. He's constantly hung over. Um, but when something isn't working right and you need it to work right, that's the dude you go to. Listen to that fucking guy. Don't, <laughs> don't base your whole fucking career on how he lives his life. Don't do that. But when it comes to the fucking job, listen to that fucking guy. Right? Find some fucking eight-year fucking chief or fucking gunny or fucking sergeant first class and get career advice from them, but learn the job from your fucking fleet daddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I, uh, I, I, was not, I was not disappointed at all. That good was good show. Advice. That was good advice. That was great stories. Uh, 
I, I appreciate you again, taking the time to, to hang out with us for a couple hours and, and tell some stories and kind of, you know, um, regale us with the whole trip and how it happened. So, uh, thank you so much for, for, uh, for taking the time to be on the show and, uh, and kind of talking with us. We re- I greatly appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me guys. All right, man. Yeah, man. All right. So we're going to start closing this thing out. So later. But uh, we'll catch you later, man. Thanks a lot. Of course. Later, guys. (laughs) Later, man. Thanks, brother. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was a – that's what (laughs) – look, this is (laughs) – that's what we call here a good show. That was a good show. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, So now let's get serious for a few minutes and talk about what we normally talk about. So That's right. As we mentioned at the beginning of the show – Tuesday marked the one year anniversary of our friend John and John is important to us because he is a catalyst of how this show got going. Um, John, unfortunately was going through some stuff. We don't know how bad it was, but he yeah. ended up solving a temporary problem with a permanent solution. And that's unfortunately, that's not the way we want to go. Okay. You know, there's always options we have. So we, we started this show and to kind of help bring awareness to this and to, and to remember our friend, and um, in the process of doing so, we came up with a kind of like a, a mantra that you could use to keep yourself going. It's called the Bros Code. Um, easy to remember, B-R-O-S. Super, super, super simple. I mean, we're, we're a couple of knuckle draggers, so it's like we're going we're gonna to keep shit simple, you know? <laughs> B, be tenacious. I mean, I don't have to really expand on that too much after listening to Mr. Carter talk for an hour and a half. Easy. <laughs> be tenacious. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say on that. So next, R, <laughs> refuse to surrender. Um, there's going to be times in life when you go out and you're trying to accomplish something and things get in your way. You know, things happen. Medical injuries, setbacks, whatever. Don't take it laying down. Refuse to accept defeat. Keep going. Damn right. Keep going to hit the OBJ. Oh, Obliterate your obstacles. Um, when those things get in your way, sometimes you have to go around them. You have to go under them. You have to go over them. Sometimes you got to breach the shit with some deck cords, some C4, and some Bangalores. Cool. C4. Or what do you got? Clackers. Claymores. Do some Claymores. Blow that shit up. Whatever. I like good stuff. Obliterate your obstacles. Don't let that stuff get in your way. Absolutely not. So Yeah, man. That's, that's important. And then S, the most important one of the Battle Bros Code is S. Seek out a friend in time of need. Um, there's nothing we could do. There's nothing that we wouldn't give to bring John back because yeah. he was he was a great dude. He was a good dude and just a genuine person and just, just a funny fucker, you know, to work with and to be around. Yeah. Good dude. Um, if if you're not on your on your A game when it comes to that, man, like reach out to somebody. Whether it's you know your fleet daddy, whether it's your person that you served with, battle bro, or battle buddy, or anything like that, um, yeah, you know anything you can do, freaking just reach out to somebody. If if you don't have somebody you can reach out to, friend, family member, there are resources out there. There's the national, you know, if you're getting to the point of thinking about harming yourself, there is the national suicide prevention hotline that you can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the phone number is 
1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. And they have somebody that can, will talk to you any time of the day if you need help. Okay. And, you know, with, with the anniversary of, of John's passing, you know, it's this has really kind of circled back home to remind us like, hey, everybody deserves to, to have their story told. Yeah. Like we just did with Mr. Carter here, um, like we've done with other vets we've had in the past. Okay. Things don't are things aren't always, you know, unicorn rain, rainbow farts and sunshines and all that kind of shit. Things go bad and they go they go sideways, and that's fine. Yeah. The reason why we do these is to show people, hey, we got around that, we got through that, and we sur- we you know sur- surpassed what was expected. So that's super, super important. So um Again, thank you to uh, your your pal for for being on the show. That was wow. I'm still at a loss for words. So. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, you go ahead. You, and, you go ahead and do your piece, and then we'll uh, we'll cut off of this um, and stuff. Yeah, the, um, yeah, it was a good show. I, like I, there were times where I I found it hard because I I was like, oh, I got to hear this shit. But um, <clears throat> anyway, if you guys want to go ahead and find us on the social medias, you guys want to get in contact with us there, you could do that. Over on the Facebook at facebook.com slash battlebros.podcast. You could also do it at the Insta. That's Instagram for y'all. At battlebros underscore podcast. And if you want to contact us there via the instant messengers that, that the platforms have, you could do that as well as the WhatsApp, which is directly on the Facebook page. All you got to do is click that little green icon down there at the, at the, uh, at the uh, contact area and then Go ahead and drop us a voice line, or you could drop us you could drop us a text message. Either way, you see fit on the on the WhatsApp. Um, also, if um, you uh, okay, you froze also, for a second. And I thought you got struck by lightning again. I was like, Jesus! No, I thought it looked like you froze for a second too. But <laughs> the, <laughs> also, also, if you want to go ahead and you want to catch us on the audio platforms, you can do that. Over on Spotify, you could do that on Anchor. You can also do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon Music, Castbox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Um, if you want to contact us in any other format, you can do that via our Battle Bros PC at gmail.com. You could contact us there via that email. You could drop us a line and we will contact you at any given time. Also, support the show on Anchor. Hey, we're not trying to ask you for money, but if you decide to do it, it's always a helpful thing. If you want to go ahead and hit get there on the on the uh, Anchor app, or if you go to the Anchor.fm webpage and you find us there, you can click the little support button and you can donate whatever you feel like. What what, what is that you like to say? A dollar make us holla. Um. I don't say that. You say that shit all the time. So yeah, I, you've said it. I got it. Um, also, um, catch us on the Rumble. Anytime a video goes live and goes and gets uploaded straight to the Yub Tub, it also goes straight to the Rumble. And the more views we get there, the more we're going to have the ability to actually get some kind of compensation for the work that we do here. And remember, folks, it's not all about the compensation. It's all about getting the message out there. So the more you talk about it, the more you like, 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 share, 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 which is much, much more important nowadays, especially because the algorithm for YouTube has changed. Guess what? 
you're going to help us out and you're going to help the message spread, which helps us get to see and contact more folks. And the last thing that I want to add on in addition, and the last thing, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The last thing I want to add to that, man, is, you know, this show isn't always about somebody watching. It's about somebody watching and then going, hey, man, I got a friend of mine who's going through a rough time. Maybe they need to see it. Word exactly. of mouth is, is still how we're, we're catching a lot of people new to our show and whatnot. So by all means, spread the love, spread the message. Um, you know, if we can reach somebody, it may be that third or fourth person down the line. That is the one that this message needs to get to. Damn so right. by all means, still have to do that. But um, <clears throat> anything else there, brother? I'm good, man. I think right. uh, I think we've said all we need to say. And awesome. This is, like I said, good show. It was a great show. So uh, thank you again to everybody. If you're, if you're checking us out for the first time, hopefully you, you dug it and you'll come back next week. If you already came back, cool. Keep doing that because it gets better every time we do it in one small facet or another. But um, we will be back next week, Friday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we don't exactly know what we're going to be talking about yet, but it's going to be a good conversation uh, either which way. So uh, until that time, this has been the Battle Bros podcast with Mac and Alamo. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you watching. We love you guys. Um, um, that's all we got, man. So yep. Battle oh, Bros. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. What? What we got? Don't buy, don't buy the car with 25% APR and don't marry the stripper. Damn right. That's all I, that's all I got. Battle Bros out. As you were. Ha!